0: Good morning. Welcome to our third week in Advent, which we are celebrating joy. We have some special people with us who will also be talking to us after the ser- service. Um, One Hope for Kids, we have John and Katie Wilhelm. They'll be doing Advent for us. Um, I just want to welcome you this morning to our Sunday service here at the Duceum with Mission Vineyard. Um, We like to welcome Jesus into all of life, and so this morning we get to live that out in our community fellowship and praise and worship and teaching this morning. Uh, If you will stand with me, we'll have a prayer here at Mission Vineyard. We like to invite the Holy Spirit to come in before every service. It's it's the gas in our engines. Like, there's no point. We're not going to go anywhere. So, Holy Spirit, come. We're here waiting on you. We don't want to go ahead and try to start this race if you're not there, telling us where to go, giving us the strength to carry on. So, Father, we ask that you just send your presence here this morning. We pray that you would meet every need in our hearts for communion with you. Come, Holy Spirit. We're here to adore you. We're here to remember your benefits. We're here to celebrate with others as they have chosen to do the same. We thank you for this time together. We thank you so much. It is such a great time for celebration. You are amazing, God. And we thank you in your name. Amen. We have an interesting morning for you this morning. We have some dedications and baptisms. So this morning, I just want us all... Um, I'll be calling you. Let's adore him, all ye faithful.
1: But as we'll give Him all the glory, we'll give.
2: But you, O Bethlehem, Abarethah, are only a small village among the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then, at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength. In the majesty of the name of the Lord our God, then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world.
3: And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy um, that will... The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
0: Oh come all ye faithful.
1: Oh come
0: We have an exciting opportunity to join in as we have a beloved sister who has decided to um, be dedicated and baptized today. Mm-hmm. You all may be seated. Good
4: morning, Mission Vineyard. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. There we go. Good morning. It's so good to be with you this morning. My name is John Relly. I'm the senior pastor here, and it's an honor to be with you this morning. Uh, the service is just a little bit different this morning. Uh, we're gonna have a baptism this morning. We're gonna dedicate some kids this morning. Uh, we are gonna have baptisms as well next week. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just a great time of celebration as a season for joy. Uh, Shelby, would you come up, Cleo? Would you bring uh, a- Elias and Malachi as well? And y'all know what it's like to have a two-year-old. If you do, uh, you're going to know that Malachi at some point is going to get upset. And he's going to want to run around and light these candles everywhere. So Malachi, we love you anyway. It's just, we just know, and it's totally cool. Um, so in the life of the church, in the life of, of someone that, that says yes to Jesus, there's a point where, uh, like Shelby did last week, she said, I haven't done this before. I want to dedicate my kids, but I also want to be baptized. Um, now, this happens, and I'm not going to tell your story. You guys have the right to tell your story. But for both, both of these guys, this is a moment where they're trusting the church again. Raise your hand if you've had to do that in your life. Yeah. So trusting this moment with Jesus is a big deal. It means that they're looking to you and saying, hey, we've been burned. And so we want you to love us for real. Don't just love us for what we do. Love us for who we are. Love us the way that Jesus would love us. So in this moment, they're going to be making some declarations that are pretty strong, dedicating their kids to Jesus, and then Shelby's going to make a dedication of herself. She's going to say, Jesus, would you baptize me? I want to be baptized in you. I want my whole life. I, I come under your death and resurrection. We're going to ask her those questions as well. There may be some of you here today that have been baptized, that have been dedicated, and you're going, you know, I remember this but I don't remember it deep in my soul. I want this, as, as these guys speak these words of dedication and of baptism, I would love for this to be powerful for you. And if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't dedicated your kids, and that's, that's a place where you want to go, then talk to us. Go to a ministry team today because there's opportunity for you uh, to do that. We want you to welcome Jesus into all of life, and we want to be for you as you do that. So I want to start as you guys dedicate these kids, and I want to go quickly because... Um, these boys are amazing, but they're not without, uh, they're using patience right now, right? So, and you're amazing, you're just, and so we just, we just love you for who you are. Um, So we ask parents who are dedicating their kids to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to be committed to this church as their home church, uh, to to, to get married if they've not been married before, uh, and then uh, to Receive your kids with these commitments and so I'm going to read them and then you could just say I do Okay, do you receive these kids with gratitude as God's gift to you and your family? Yeah, do you commit to each other as parents that you'd create a stable environment where your kids can mature? And do you commit to making a covenant to strengthen your marriage relationship? Yeah Do you commit to be parents who follow Jesus? Because if you don't follow Jesus, your kids are going to have a hard time following Jesus, right? Do you commit to lead a home that honors God in all of your relationships? Do you commit to be parents that have grace and patience for yourselves? (laughs) That's sometimes the hardest question to answer. In short, trusting in faith that God is good, do you desire that Jesus would be the center of your faith and of your child's faith, committing uh, to be part of the local church where we can all pray for and participate in helping you raise your kids towards closer relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So, church family, this is now your turn. They're making this commitment to their kids and also to you. So let's commit back to them. Can we just do this? Can we just lay, just extend your hands? So Lord, we bless this couple and we commit blessing over them as a church. We commit to participating with them as they raise their kids towards you, Lord Jesus. That you would be honored in their family that you would be welcomed in all their life as far as as we have to do with it, Lord, that we would partner with them in this, in love. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Awesome. Way to go,
1: guys.
4: (laughs) So we pray, Elias, that you'd be blessed by God, that you would follow him for the rest of your life, that you would know him deep in your heart, that you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you'd see him everywhere, everywhere you go. And Malachi, I know you're going to get annoyed if I lay hands on you, but I bless you, buddy, to be God's child and to follow Jesus everywhere you go. I bless you in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be blessed today. Sweet, sweet boys. Didn't they do good? And now, Shelby. Yeah, I mean, you're excited. Just be excited. You don't have to hold back. Um, So... We love you all for who you are, just for who you are. And when you say, I want to make this public commitment to Jesus, that gets us excited because we've done the same thing. And we know the cost, but we also know the blessing. So, like, we're, we're with you in this. We're with you. Uh, Shelby's been through a, uh, a course on baptism. She knows what it is, and she knows the questions I'm going to ask her right now. So, Shelby, do you believe... In God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord and King, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life and grace. I do. Do you renounce Satan and all of his works and all of his ways? I
2: do.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Church, be excited, be encouraged, remember your own covenants here. Do you confess your need for the forgiveness of sins and with a humble heart put your hope in God's mercy and with your, your whole trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. And with his help, do you seek to follow him, becoming more like him until you see him face to face? I
2: do.
4: Come on, church, get excited. So now everybody's gonna get cold, but not as cold as Shelby. We have warmed the water the best we can this morning. Uh, And we're all going to go out and we're going to celebrate with her. She's going to be baptized in water and then she's going to be prayed for with a warm blanket around her to be filled with the Holy Spirit because this is what we believe as Christ is our example. He said, I must do this, that it must be fulfilled. Jesus did it as our example and then we get to do it, committing ourselves to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ as we come out of the water. And then we are prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So can we go do this? Let's do this church and then we'll come back, we'll worship more, and the, the service will continue. So, Shelby, you're going to stand in here and you're going to kind of sit down and we're going to
5: okay. we'll
4: give you instructions.
5: We'll you give know. you instructions.
4: And who's got towels?
5: Everybody,
4: everybody's got towels. Ready, good. It's not too bad, right? So you're gonna turn around, and uh, as you're comfortable, sit down. And what you're gonna do is kind to hold your towels like this, so I, and then your arm is gonna be something I can grab onto. Okay. <laughs> our sister in Christ, Shelby. Shelby, because of your public confession of faith, it's a joy to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We believe you will never be the same. All right, Shelby's going to receive some prayer, but y'all can go inside and get warm. And I'm going to ask two strong guys to um, knock this water over once y'all are clear so that nobody gets flooded. Or one strong woman. Hey, can you guys just grab it and just pull it in right next to the sound booth? That'd be great. Awesome, what are you doing?
0: for echo. So if anybody wants to take up the echo part, it's going to be in parentheses during the chorus. How Great Our Joy, if you'd like to stand with us. While by the sheep.
1: While by the sheep we watched at night glad tidings brought an angel bright. How great our joy
0: be born so he did say there shall
1: be born so he did say in Bethlehem a child today how great our joy lie in a stall there shall the child lie in a stall
0: God will cherish well. This
1: gift of God will cherish well that ever joy.
0: of this world, the long
6: So, I looked up uh, the word communion, and um, what I found is it's an action word, which means fellowship, participate in, share together. We take communion as a way to enter into the presence of Jesus, who lived, died, and was raised to life by the power of God to live forever. Jesus is present with us always, and it's represented here at this table of communion. 22 it says when the time came Jesus and the apostles sat down together at a table Jesus said I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God he took bread and he broke it and he gave thanks So let's take our bread he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Let's take the cup together. God, we thank you for your sacrifice. And we thank you that you have given us an example of how we can Remember you, God, and remember your sacrifice for us, and that you were with us always.
5: My name's Arlita Arelli, and this is my son Elias. He really wanted to participate in announcements this morning. Apparently he needs his own mic. <laughs> well, we well. so glad you're here today. Uh, we just want to welcome you, whether you're worshiping here with us in person or online. Uh, we just hope that you feel welcome, and if you didn't get a chance to be welcomed by someone when you came in, I'm sure by the time you leave you'll have been greeted 27 times by people. Um, I think our church's love languages, is greeting. we're <laughs> um, sort of so glad you're here. If you are new, we have these little welcome bags on the back table that you may have already grabbed on your way in. Um, inside is some information about the church, including something we call a mana bag. It's a Ziploc bag full of some basic needs um, that you might, um, if you see people as you're driving around the city, someone might need some money, and we often don't carry cash with us, so it's still a way to bless people we come in contact with that we want to care for and love, but we often don't have cash. So have you given out a manna bag before, Elias?
2: It's been a while. Yeah. Also, that mic doesn't work.
5: Well, a couple quick announcements for you today. Um, right after church, we're going to have a little quick uh, meetup um, to get some beginning information about how our church partners with One Hope for Kids, the foster and adoption ministry here in San Antonio and Bear County. But how can you as an individual or family get involved? Maybe you don't feel like you can be a foster adoption family, but there are plenty of other ways that you can serve and support families that are doing this. And so John and Katie Wilhelm, who are a part of our community, are here to kind of share a little bit more, kind of give you some first steps and ways that you and our church can continue to partner with them. And until uh, every child has a home, that's their mission and vision. And so we want to support them in that and learn more. Um, even our young people in our family um, have a heart for those whose families' lives that aren't um, the way that we want them to be. And so we just always want to learn more and how we can care for orphans and widows and families who are in need in this moment. So that will be right after church in that back corner, and if you're interested in learning more about that ministry. Uh, secondly, uh, mission vineyard tradition is Christmas caroling. Who likes to carol? Do you like to carol? Elias likes to ride in the truck with Jeff. But it's really hard. He likes the hot chocolate, so we will have hot chocolate. We will have candy canes. We will have little papers to hand out to people. It is a family friendly event. We used to walk the neighborhood with little people like, and their little legs, and it was exhausting and tiring for everyone involved. So Jeff and Carol have rigged our trailer up for benches for lots of people to join, and it's a great time. We have song sheets. Um, Elias likes the hot chocolate and the whipped cream. We will have all of that. It is a lectern, yeah. So, 5:30 um, here at the museum. Park in the lot closer to Mulberry. You will see the trailer decorated in lights. And 5:30, we'll meet up. We'll get on the trailer and we'll go around the neighborhood for about an hour. It's just a great time to bring, invite friends, build community, and just bring spread some Christmas cheer. Um, and we'll do that today and also next Sunday, 5:30, same time, same place. Uh, maybe different order of songs, um, but it's a great time um, to do stuff together. And then. Um, Just so everybody knows, save the date. Christmas Eve is always on the 24th of December. But we are doing, are you mimicking me? Oh boy. We are doing our Christmas Eve service here that night at 5 p.m. And so invite your friends. We'll have uh, candles. It'll be a great time celebrating the birth of Jesus. (laughs) Lastly, Elias, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for All these people here and those celebrating and worshiping with us online, Lord, I pray that you continue to uh, move and have your way in the service as you uh, preach and lead us through John and his sermon. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Are you staying to preach with me? No. No. (laughs) No. Well, good morning, church. Jesus is the light of the world, and what a great season. We take intentional steps with Advent wreaths, we take intentional steps with reading, special reading, special songs that sound uh, middle-aged, not like you middle-aged, but middle-aged like (laughs) historical middle ages, like me middle-aged, who knows. We're in a season called Advent, anticipating the Lord's return, anticipating that he's coming back just like he came as a child with good news. That brings us great, 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 great joy. So on this day, I want to ask you, do you want it? Do you want that joy? It's not... The question, do you feel like your joy is opposed? Do you feel like your joy is busied out of your life? Do you feel that you have forgotten how to have joy? You might say all of those things. No matter where you're at, do you want it? Do you want the joy that Jesus has to give you, especially through this season? Do you want the joy that comes with the anticipation that he's going to come back and make everything new? Do you want the joy that comes from the relief? The relief of being burdened by stress, of your own sin, of your own mistakes, of the mistakes that have been made against you? Do you want it? So why do we have to wait? Why Christmas Why is Christmas that time when we all go, all right, let's get some joy? Well, because we do remember that he's come and that he's here and that he's coming back. Why can't we be joyful all the time? Because I think we forget. I think we forget that he's here. I think we forget that he's coming back. I think sometimes we get so enmeshed in the world that we forget just how enmeshed we are and how wrong things really are. Now, that is unless you work for a foster-adopt agency. If you work for someone like One Hope for Kids, um, maybe you have been through the adoption process. In fact, raise your hand. I know some of you have have adopted children before. Would you raise your hand? This is not to brag on you, but just so you know. Some of you are adopted. Some of you are adopted siblings. But for those who are working in the foster-adoption world right now, they read the stories every day of how wrong the world is. Of how day after day, kids are forgotten, abused, abandoned. So they don't forget. They don't forget that Jesus needs to come back and make this right. So there's always a need to return to joy. They call Jesus Emmanuel. God with us, from the old prophetic words to when he came to be, he said, God is with us. When Jesus is here, God is with us. And so we lean in to the the point where we believe that even though Jesus hasn't come in his fulfillment to make all things new, even though we read horrible reports of child abuse, even though things aren't right in our world. We lean in to God being with us right now, making things right and beginning to make all things new by the power of his Holy Spirit. You saw some ways that people can participate in that. You saw the dedication of children. You saw Shelby saying yes to Jesus in her baptism. Right there is the counterfeit kingdom of the world being plummeted by the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God coming right into somebody's heart. And saying, the counterfeit kingdom has no more right in my world anymore. That's what we want. That's what we want. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, in this moment, in this sermon about joy, that you would remind us of why we need your joy, and that you would give us your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you want joy, right? You want the joy that God can give you, right? We played this awesome game last night. There was a party at uh, Vanessa Nuberto's house. And it's this game, it's like telephone, but it's telephone in drawings. So you have to draw what you think. So say I wrote down joy, and then somebody draws joy, and all the next person gets is my drawing. Good luck to them, what is that? And so they write down, they write down, who knows? person jumping on a balance beam. Who knows what I, I do. And then that person has to draw, has to write what they see. And all the way through eight people, and by the end, it doesn't say joy anymore. It says something like, aliens have abducted human traffickers <laughs> through persecution and judgment of the Middle Ages. And all I wrote was joy. So part of the challenge of receiving this joy through Christmas is that when we say we want joy, some of us, have competing ideas of what that joy can look like. Some of us want joy of, like, I just want my family to get along again. Some of us want joy of, I just want to pay my bills through Christmas. Some of us want joy of my heart just being settled, because it's not, and it hasn't been for a long time. You are not unlike the shepherds. That were told about in the scripture this morning. I'm going to read again from Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeal, appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. And... Let me tell you, if you think that angels look like babies with wings, with arrows, like Valentine's Day, you're wondering why the shepherds, who are these burly men that don't come in on the weekends, they stay out camping. If you meet somebody that's camping all the time, they're rough, they're not afraid of much, much less a glowing baby with an arrow or whatever. This is not what angels look like. If you read the book of Ezekiel, if you read Revelation, angels are scary. They have four faces and wings with eyes on them. Crazy. So when something like that interrupts your night, they have to say, don't be afraid. (laughs) And then they say this, in the midst of the terror, in the midst of them being surprised, who are these shepherds? It's not like they're holy people. They haven't been to the temple in who knows how long. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And here's the great news, and and they sort of quote it, but it's from Micah chapter 5, and this was read this morning as well. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile. I want you to hear that for a moment. The shepherds know what it's like to be distant from God. They know they need joy. They haven't experienced it in a while. They didn't make the cut. That's why they're doing the job they are. They don't spend a lot of time with God in the temple. They're in exile. But because this baby's born, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength. Shepherds get what a flock is. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world. Now, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter where they've been. It doesn't matter what they think of themselves. If they're a part of Jesus being born, their whole world has completely changed. So we've got shepherds. We've got angels. We've got prophets like Micah that have spoken about what's going to happen. We have a bunch of exiled people, Israelites and others that have just been pushed away, distracted not experiencing the lordship of God, not experiencing God's kingdom. And then you have this plan, and I use, I'll use the word rescue, but I think that there's a better word because Marvel has gotten the success. of. I want to use the word avenge. This is when the avenger of eternity comes and has his way. The Avenger. This is better than Iron Man. This is better than Thor. This is better than anyone else. If you're watching Disney, you know the Hawkeye uh, show that's on right now. This girl is infatuated with this man who saved her when she was a kid. Infatuated. She wants to be just like him. She grows up and learns all these battle techniques just to be like Hawkeye. Our Avenger has come. Our avenger is here. Our avenger is coming. The challenge is we don't know how to respond to a real avenger in our lives. Because half of us don't feel like we need to be avenged. I was talking with a good friend even this morning. Most of us don't know what holiness is anymore. We don't know the way that God wants it to be. So many of us have been forced into so many different directions of what belief should be what human behavior should be. So we've stopped grieving when the world has turned bad. No matter what your political opinions, I I might strike a chord with some of you, and some of you are going to be angry with me, but when we hear about abortion, this is the point that we can grieve. We can grieve all of it. We can grieve for the mother. We can grieve for the children. We can grieve for our society that has participated in this way. No matter what your political way is, let's grieve when death has happened when it shouldn't. We can grieve when children have been abused. We can grieve. We can grieve when commitments that are made are broken. Many in this room have been through divorce. We can grieve that. We don't just say, well, such is the world. Do no, we grieve it. And when we grieve it, we can grieve with hope that there's an avenger who has come to make it all right. We don't grieve without hope. We don't grieve without expectation. We grieve with expectation that the Avenger has come. We grieve when we remember when we hurt somebody else. We grieve when we were hurt. We grieve when we were forgotten. We grieve when we were abandoned. If you were to remember your deepest hurt, your deepest regret, and all of a sudden somebody from church came up to you and said, you know what, don't worry about it. God's going to make it all right. How would you respond How would you respond? You'd probably be a little skeptical, wouldn't you? Everything's gonna be all right. Do you know my life? No, everything's gonna be all right. Yeah, but, and this is especially true, and maybe this is you, maybe you've been adopted, maybe you've been in foster care, maybe you've been through abuse, but if you meet like someone who's in the system and there's like 6,000 in our region that are in the system right now waiting for their lives to be avenged. Just in our region, where their parents, because of whatever decision, have gone the wrong way, and the kids have been abused or abandoned. Not to mention our immigrant families, our immigrant children that are coming through the system. Alone. There's somebody in our church that defends them every day. Five-year-olds that can't speak on their behalf that need an avenger to say, no, their life needs our help. Everything's going to be all right. But if you've been in the system, that's a hard promise to believe. If you've been abused, that's a hard promise to lean into. If you're like me and you're waiting for Jesus to make it all all right, it takes a family and it takes this season to remember that joy is just on the horizon. But joy doesn't come from us working us, ourselves up like saying, you know what, it's going to be all right. It comes not from association, by just coming to church, I'm a part of that church, so everything's going to be all right. No. It doesn't come from accumulation, well, I've built up my savings account, so everything's going to be all right. No. It comes from person to person. Joy comes through Jesus. Joy needs an avenger to be realized. Joy is when that avenger looks you straight in the face and says, because I'm here, it's going to be all right. Because I'm here, no matter what's going on, we're going to work together and it's going to be all right. We all have examples of that in our lives. In fact, for those of you who have adopted, for those of you who are working the system, you're part of that work of avenging. And It's beautiful. But if you were to look at yourself pretty honestly, you'd say, you know what? I don't know if I'm the perfect example. I fail. Yeah. So here's the gift of Jesus, especially in this season. Jesus will never fail. Jesus' example, Jesus' avenging is perfect. He takes the deepest parts of our souls that have been broken, abandoned, stolen, full of regret, and he says, no, I'm making all things new. I'm going out to you, and when you come back with me, it's going to be all right. We can trust his promise. This is from Isaiah chapter 51. This is part of his plan. Uh, Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return singing. This is why we talk about joy. When that avenger comes, when that ransoming comes, we will return singing crowned with everlasting joy, sorrow, and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. This is our future, and this is the kingdom that we lean into now when we pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. We want that joy and gladness from that personal avenger in our lives. Psalm 105, 43. So he brought his people out of Egypt, how? With joy, person to person, His own joy in rescuing his people. This has been his plan. With joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. I just love, and I'm so thankful for Destiny. Destiny, the the songs you've chosen for today remind us of the avenging of the Lord, the work that he's doing in our lives and coming in the future. It's difficult to follow Jesus. It's difficult to believe that he's at work. It's difficult to believe that he's making all things new, that he's making lives new. It's why we try to celebrate it as often as we can. It's why we dedicate this hour a week just to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. I want your avenging in my life. Avenge the evil. Plunder the enemy. Give me the authority to walk in your joy so that person to person, I can give away your rescuing spirit, your avenging spirit to other people and say, it's going to be all right. More than that. He's going to make all things new. It's difficult. And so sometimes we forget that and we run our own way. There's a couple of articles that you can read about if you just Google billionaires and psychological issues. (laughs) I don't think there are any billionaires in the room, but if there are, don't be afraid because God's got something for you too. Billionaires, these articles write, although they know money is not the key to happiness, they can't stop counting it. Especially, it's challenging for those who are self-made. For self-made billionaires, their entire self-image and all their self-esteem is wrapped up in their pursuit of money. But worse, they can't find a person of joy anywhere. It's difficult to trust people or have authentic relationships that are not about money. They have a hard time finding a sympathetic ear. There's a sense that they can't tell anyone what they're really dealing with because no one wants to hear about their struggles. As a society, we don't have the headspace to entertain the notion of a billionaire having a bad day. Now, we're talking about billionaires here, but I know each one of you have had a moment like that where you don't believe you're worthy of somebody allowing you to have a bad day. And so you retreat. You retreat just like these billionaires. It's not just billionaires, though, it's those with amazing success that give us the examples of what it means to, to need rescue. Buzz Aldrin, do you know Buzz Aldrin, the second man to set foot on the moon? He returned home from Apollo 11 and became an alcoholic. Severely depressed, his life unraveled. He burned through three marriages and wrote two memoirs all about his misery. If you've been through that, you don't have to feel bad that you're a special, horrible person. A man of great success. Instead of having the faith to pursue joy, instead of knowing that somebody could rescue him and love him for just who he was, he was lost. Absolutely lost. So you're not alone when you feel like you can't add up. All the amount that you need in order to feel worthy to live, in order to feel worthy of love, in order to feel worthy of somebody giving you an easy time because you're having a hard day. Billionaires and the most successful among us have the same problem. But God has an answer. God has an answer. And His answer is give them joy by adopting them. By adopting them. The joy of adoption. And I know for you, some of you adopted parents, you're like, well, it's not that easy. It's not easy. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus that have been adopted by Jesus, you know it's still not easy. It's still that continual need to come back to him and be reminded of his joy, reminded of the rescue work he's done. But this is his plan. Here's Ephesians chapter one, verse five. God decided. I love this. God decided. Can you imagine him sitting on his throne? It's very comfortable. It's very nice. And he sees the wrong of the world. And watch him. I'm making a decision today. I'm making in advance knowing that each one of you don't know what you're doing. Knowing that each one of you is pursuing being a billionaire or being the most successful person in order to find your joy. I'm deciding before that. God decided in advance. Here's the solution. To adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Our God doesn't need to adopt us to feel better about himself. Our God doesn't need to adopt us because we're so pitiful. Our God has decided in advance to adopt us because he loves us and it gives him great pleasure to go face to face with him so we can receive his joy. So watch what happens with the shepherds. This is Luke chapter two, verse 16 after hearing the angel, the scary angel with eyes on every wing and wings all over the place and craziness, four faces, even in the midst of that fear and confusion, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, after seeing Jesus, Watch what happens when they see the avenger of their lives. When they see joy incarnate. Joy in the midst of their world. Their rescuer has arrived in person. Look what happens. They told everyone what had happened. They told everyone. This is what happens when people who have been rescued... Are rescued they don't say well you know this is a private thing for me I just don't want to let anybody know about it you know religion is a a difficult topic I don't want to get involved with hard issues in the world you know I just want to everybody's got their own religion no when they've been rescued they go out and tell everyone because the truth of their rescue is seated in their heart by joy Joy, face-to-face joy by their Savior, their rescuer, their ransomer, their avenger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Of course they were. They didn't even get to see the scary angel, but they were still astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. She thought about them often, and the shepherds went back, to their work, but they did it in a different way. They went back ransomed. They went back rescued. They went back avenged, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, because it was just as the angel has told them. Friends, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but it is just as the angel told them. Jesus has come, and he's coming. And he's here now to give us joy in the midst of all that we're going through. So back to my original question, do you want this joy? Do you really want it? In the Vineyard, we're part of a sort of a denomination, you could call it. It's called the Vineyard. And uh, we have a new national director. His name is Jay Pathak. And in his journey of faith, he was kind of skeptical of what the Lord could do. And when he saw the Lord doing things, it was kind of scary. So at this moment, there's this like pretty prophetic guy, like when he prays for people, they get knocked down and like without touching them or anything, like real God's power. They were kind of blown away by it. And so Jay's in this meeting where it's happening, and this guy, who's pretty powerful in the Lord, goes up to him and says, Do you want all that God has for you? And Jay's looking around at like, people on the ground shaking and screaming and like, Well, I got to think about it, buddy. And so the guy's like, all right, you think about it. And he moves on. And he comes back to him. He says, Jay, do you want all that God has for you? And I'll put it to you. Do you actually want to be rescued? It's hard. It's hard to lean in as a follower of Jesus and say, you know what? The stuff that I've been involved in, the stuff that I've trusted, is not right. You know, If you're stuck on an ocean, you may have heard these stories of people that start drinking the salt water. And when you start drinking the salt water as your solution to everything, it starts destroying your organs, where you can't process good water anymore, even if you had it again. I know, and if you're like me, you've been in the world long enough where the temptation is to drink that salt water to go after ambition, to go after the finances, to think that your success or association with success or the accumulation of things is going to give you joy. If you're like me and you're challenged by that, I, I welcome to the party. But it doesn't mean you have to live like that anymore. The hard part of discipleship is really looking at what we've been involved in and saying, no, that's salt water. That's not good for me. I believe that Jesus is the only one that can give me joy, real joy. And I'm leaning into that with all of my life. So one question I have for you as we close is, what is stealing your joy? What what are those things that you have leaned into, that salt water that you've been drinking from, that counterfeit kingdom? What have you been trying to drink from for joy, but it's just been stealing your joy? It never lasts. It always makes you more thirsty. It always makes you more hungry. Have you been hoping for a bigger bank account or more popularity? Are there attachments that you've made to people? Are there people in your life that you think the only way I'll have joy is through this person? Are there bondages? I know one of the bondages that the Lord wants to break on me is even as a pastor coming to the end of the year, I look at numbers and the Lord says, no, I want to break your attachment to numbers, buddy, because it's stealing your joy. Is it the success of your kids? Is that stealing your joy? Comparison, is that stealing your joy? I know God wants to rescue me in this area. I know my joy has been under attack, but I know, I know He's my Avenger. I know He's my rescuer. The other question I would ask is who do you feel like you need to go and tell? The shepherds just went like this when they realized their Avenger was here. Who is it in your life that you know is just drinking salt water? Day after day, because they don't have anything else. They're pursuing happiness, and that happiness just ends day after day, and they have to, it's just a continual push, a continual fruitless endeavor. Are you willing to share your forever family as you've been adopted in Jesus? Are you willing to share that family with somebody else? Jesus wants to. That's his plan. His plan is adoption. It may be that in this moment, you're ready, and you just think, we don't have the space, but God is calling us to make the space for a physical child in our lives that's been abandoned. Now, what I love about One Hope for Kids is that it's not all about taking kids from families that have been broken up and just putting them in good families. There's there's a couple things that are going on here. One is, it's all about the church coming around, a foster adoptive family, and the family that's in need, that's about to lose their kids. It's both. It's an organization that's pursuing, through the work of the church, that their family that's about to be broken up would be avenged, that joy would come into the family through the power of the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the first pursuit, but if not, if that can't be, then it is about bringing children fostered and adopted into families that are supported and grounded in the church. Maybe you're pondering, is this the time for us, God? We don't have the room, but are you asking me to make room in my life for this? Who do you need to tell? It gives Jesus great pleasure to adopt others into his family, and when we participate with them, it gives us great joy as well would you stand with me, please? In these moments, there'll be a worship song playing. There'll be a time to receive ministry for those of you who you realize that your faith isn't doing it. There's no place for joy in your life. It's been stolen by another pursuit or by other decisions or by spiritual warfare or whatever. God wants to rescue you today. Before the service began, there was a whole team praying for you, actually. And in their prayers, they took a leap of faith and they said, we think that God is speaking some specific things for some specific people. Uh, this is very specific, but we believe in physical healing for folks, uh, emotional healing, spiritual healing for folks. And part of that is praying, laying hands on people. And we've seen people physically healed. It's what We believe that God's kingdom has come, that his avenging is here. Physical, emotional, and spiritual issues. And so someone who's just had consistent pain in their feet, we want you to come and get prayer this morning. There's, a, There are going to be teams over here in this corner, specifically for those who are weary and you know who you are, that there's like been a spirit of heaviness on you. God wants to, you know those Old Testament verses that I wrote where people came back and they were rejoicing? God wants to give you that, like a new garment. God reminding folks, joy comes in the morning. If you need to hear that specifically this morning, come for prayer. Someone needs to be refreshed, come for prayer. And I want to pray specifically for those who need to say yes to Jesus. You saw what Shelby and her family made in their decision this morning, and you think, I know God's asking me to do that, but I've been burned, something has stolen my joy, and I'm not sure I can trust God again. I want you to trust him now. I want you to trust him now. So pray with me, if this is you. Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me by your power. I love you, Lord Jesus. If that's a prayer you've prayed for the first time, if that's a prayer you've prayed in coming back and just you needing his joy, would you come and see a prayer team this morning? Just have the courage to do that. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I might another day. But today, would you just take the courage to get to a prayer team this morning and let them pray for you? Let's worship one more song. Take time to get some prayer during this song, and then I'll come back and bless us to go.
1: Cause Jesus, you
0: Affection and our devotion is poured out at his feet. Our devotion, our affection poured out on the feet of Jesus.
4: is a day of rescue. This is a day of avenging, where our past losses, abuses, hurts get redeemed in Jesus. And in exchange, Jesus gives us joy face to face. So I want to bless you to that right now. Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Would you receive? his love and hope and joy in your life. Would you receive him as your avenger? Would you receive him as the one that will give you everything you need? Would you receive his adoption into his family and go out with joy spreading the good news that he's at work, that his kingdom is coming, that his kingdom is here? I bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, I want to remind you again that in the season of Advent that we're all making special gifts instead of just giving presents that don't matter sometimes to folks and taking that money instead and giving it to One Hope for Kids. We're on our way to $3,000, a $3,000 gift in the season for One Hope. you would be wondering, what is this organization? Well, we bought food for you so that you'd stay after church for just another 30 minutes or so as John and Katie and Jennifer's here as well, to tell you about what this organization's all about and how it's partnering with our church and others all over the region so that every child, especially those 6,000 that are waiting for a forever family or in transition, would have a home. I have some pictures. Carol, can you put them up on the screen? I don't know if they landed, if you've got them. There's a heart gallery. There's kids that are just waiting for adoption. They, their, their families have just, they've done all the work that they can do to be with them. But these kids are waiting for a forever home. These are kids in our region waiting. And then the next picture, if you would put that up. These are families in churches in our city that have said yes, no matter what the cost to adopting kids. They've made room in their families And it's hard, y'all. This is hard. It's difficult to be adopted. It's difficult to not be a skeptic that if I'm adopted again, that God would do that work. It's difficult to trust again. And it's difficult as parents. You have done the adoption to do that work of saying, I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what. You're in my family. You're mine. I love you. When the child doesn't believe it. Would you take a risk and just listen to this organization today about how God is leading families to make room for that joy to come to others, these kids in need. Have a great week. Stay. Be blessed. Come caroling with us tonight. Talk about joy. We're going to have some fun. Have a great week. God bless you.